Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Our pandemic lives are highlighting a plethora of interesting topics. Today, we're diving into the deep conversation about civil liberties and public safety. If you've been listening to me and Leslie, you know that we have probably have a lot to say about this. What do you think the odds are that we'll hit the key points in just 30 minutes? To find out, grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Okay. Hi, Leslie. Hi. How is your pandemic life going? <laughs> we're we're chugging along. It's it's fine. It it could be a lot worse, I know. So we're we're all safe and still hunkered down. <laughs> good. Good. Uh yeah, same here. A uh, lot to be grateful for. I'm hearing from my clients actually a fair amount of positivity. You know, people that realize that they're feeling a lot less stress than they normally do. People that are reassessing priorities to family. And um, I think those are like we talked about in our podcast a couple of weeks ago when this thing was just getting started. Those are the good things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there's, there's, for us, there's been more positive than negative. And I, I know we're lucky that we can say that. So. Yeah, totally. So we're actually recording this about eight or nine days um, before our listeners are going to hear it. And over the weekend, there were a bunch of protests from people who want to get back to work. And I reached out right away and I'm like, but actually, I think I reached out before the protest. And I'm like, we have got to talk about civil liberties because (laughs) this is really such an interesting topic. You know, there are people all over the spectrum here. And I think it's pretty interesting because a civil liberty by definition, there's there's actually, you know, of course, like all we're, a lot of words, there's two different dish, definitions. As a noun, it's the state of being subject only to laws established for the good of the community especially with regard to freedom of action and speech. Mm-hmm. But then the second definition is individual rights protected by law from unjust governmental or other interference. So, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been thinking about this topic a lot, and I was so excited when you brought it up because... I have a um you know a handful of friends that I follow on Facebook who feel pretty passionately about this topic and who would definitely fall under the camp of wanting things to get back to normal and not even because these people have jobs that are like directly impacted. I mean everyone's job is sort of in a roundabout way Im- impacted so I don't you know, I don't, I don't want to gloss over that, but it's not like they were, um, you know, working and then they were suddenly laid off. Like they still have their jobs. They're just doing it in a different way. And so 
it's not like they were impacted, but they they really felt strongly about getting back to it because of the civil civil liberties aspect. And I just, I don't know. It's very interesting. It really is. As an American, you know, I grew up really understanding that civil liberties were part of what set us apart from many other parts of the world. Yes. That our constitution protected our right to free speech, our right to gather and worship together. And I, you know, I really, really respect that. Yeah. However, there's a real line, isn't there, about when does my desire to be to feel safe and be healthy cross your quote unquote liberty of not wearing a mask if you don't want to? Right. I I, I have so many <laughs> so many strong feelings on this topic. I can't imagine. Well, first of all, let me let me back up for a second. Gather my thoughts here. So, I am not of the mindset that if we don't rise up against the government who's telling us to stay in our houses and not work and and force us, you know, to do this stuff, if we don't rise up against that in the future, there might be something that we feel strongly about and that right is going to be taken away from the government by the government. The right to rise up, you mean? Just some sort of right. Mm-hmm. Um, the government might take it away. And so if you don't rise up now for your right to be your own individual and to not have the government kind of step on your toes, so to speak, you are going to lose that future right. You could lose that future right. I just fundamentally do not, I am not that alarmist. I am, I am not that fear mongering. I do not believe that the government is asking us to stay home now to oppress us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes. The government is asking us to stay home because this is what is best for the population. And there are people that are not going to follow the rule and and we just have to you know those of us that do work together and this will all be over and the government is not going to make us stay home for the government has no benefit to having us all stay home first right. of all right right <laughs> that's first of all right um unless you believe I, some of these cr- some of these I'm going to say crazy conspiracy theorists who say that this is all a ploy for the government to get control of you. Yeah. The government does is going to go broke if we stay like this for too long. So there will be no more money like that. You know, (laughs) the government is already having to bail all of us out. Like they have a vested interest in us returning to work because the way that the government gets money is by us working and paying them taxes. Right. So I just think that's crazy. And also I I think that like, I guess you said it best, like with a conspiracy theory, like, I guess if you're one of those people who peeks around every corner and thinks that people are out to get you, this might be a consideration, but this is unprecedented. There has, we cannot look back in history 
ever. Even the Spanish flute, I know a lot of people have tried to compare. We cannot. It is, it just simply cannot be compared. We have never been in such a global economy mm-hmm. where people are, you know, travel internationally so much, where this has spread around the globe as quickly as it did. There's never been this much communication. I mean, you you just cannot compare right. the two situations. Right. Yeah. I mean, you obviously in 1918 weren't getting on an airplane and going to Italy for two weeks. Right. 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 So, you know. It just, it seems silly for people to try to, you know, make sense of it by looking back in history. And I get that's human nature. We we do want to try to make sense of it as best as we can, but it's just not going to happen. There has yeah. never been a global pandemic like this. There just is not. Let's take a minute and listen to some of the comments from the protesters, because there's some in particular that I really want to highlight. Okay, great. I need a haircut. Yes. That's great. For heaven's sake, open the barber shops. Open the hair salons. We need haircuts, okay? You gotta buy food. You gotta go to work. You gotta provide for our families. It comes in a pandemic. Are you scared at all? Do you think, do you believe in it? Yes, oh, yes. yes I believe we it's sure real. do. Exactly, yeah. it is real. We still have a right, I think, to, like, to work. work. If you can't make the choices for yourself, you no longer live in a free country. And right now, we do not live in a free country. We have to wait for permission from the government at many levels to be able to do something. Go out of the house, go shopping, gather in groups of 10 or more. We have real world examples. We had a church gathering here in Kansas that uh, had 50 people infected, uh, six deaths, and they went to nine counties so far and with the illness and have uh, been, that's, that's how the spread occurred. Have you considered the health ramifications of being in a large group of people? Yes. And that doesn't change your mind? No. Why do you think the doctors are saying that? They don't have any choice. Of course they have to say that. USA! 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 Okay, so first of all, one of the things I heard was, and I don't, I think it might actually have been another clip, but I heard somebody say, I have a right to work. Mm. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, and I am not a constitutional lawyer, so <laughs> I will gladly stand corrected if I am wrong about this. But I'm not sure that anybody has a right to work at any job, right? You certainly have a right to start your own business. You have a right to stand on a public corner and sell cupcakes or, you know, uh, roses or something, right? I think we have a right to engage in some kind of income, but you don't have a right to go to Applebee's and wait tables. No, if you're, if you have a terrible resume and you have nobody that will vouch for you, if you, you know, are stinky and unkept and you try to get a job, like you, you there is no right. You or if there's right. no openings. I mean, at the moment, there's no openings. If there's no openings, you don't have a right to just go open. Right? No. Right. right. And if, if when we do open, um, the 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 health and safety people say, hey, restaurants can only be at 50% capacity. The restaurant does have to hire all the waiters and waitresses back or all the wait staff back. Right. Right. And, 
you know, I was talking to somebody today who said, if we get called back to work, you know, my boss is talking about putting plexiglass partitions up in all of the little um, cubicles. She said, but do I have to, am I going to be forced to get on an elevator, a crowded elevator every day (laughs) to go up to the 30th floor? Yeah. It's not like I can walk up and down the steps 30 floors, right? right? You know, (laughs) every day. So, you know, do I, where is my right protected if I'm, don't feel comfortable getting in an elevator with someone who's not willing to wear a mask? Do we have, do we have the right to say, you know, gosh, the discrimination lawyers are going to have a heyday with this (laughs) idea that can a business discriminate against someone not wearing a mask? Right. Do they not wear a mask for religious reasons? Do they not wear a mask for health reasons? I know. Yeah. I I saw something on a Facebook group recently where there was a woman who has a condition where if anything touches her face, it's like excruciating pain, like a neurological issue. And Uh so she can't wear a mask. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that condition existed, but it's certainly valid. You know, what if she's it, a carrier? That's right. And so she is saying, well, her her argument was on the Facebook group, like, please wear a mask because I can't, and I want as many people around me protected as possible if I am unwittingly a carrier. Mm. And so she, you know, she felt bad, certainly. But, you know, there are people that just don't want to wear a mask. And I was, I was talking today actually with, um, my, I, I went into my office for a little bit and the UPS guy came in to deliver a package to someone that is in the same building. And I asked him how he was doing. I mean, you know, when you, when you ship a lot, you become close friends with your, your postal workers. And, you know, I was like, how are you? You know, he had a mask on. I said, are you getting enough like protective equipment? He said, no. He said, we barely got these. I said, are you getting hazard pay? He said, no. And he he isn't from this country originally. And he told me, you know, everyone just needs to stay home. This is, this is a lesson in why we need to be financially responsible, why we need to pay people a living wage, why people need to have savings, why, you know, it, I mean, he was just going on and on about all the things that like maybe this might teach people, which we've talked about a little bit. And then he said, people in this country just don't understand how good they have it. Your liberty, your rights are not being taken away. They're trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And he, he's saying that from a point of view that I can't speak to because I've only ever lived in this country. But, you know, he he happened to be from a Middle Eastern country and, you know, he knows a thing or two about this. And he he just couldn't, he couldn't comprehend why people here are just not staying at home and dealing with this for a few months or, you know, weeks more. He, it's, he just cannot fathom it. He yeah. says the government is trying to keep you healthy. Why are you people fighting this? Well, and you know, I, look, I am, I feel torn. I feel torn on one hand because a lot of people died over the last 250 years to protect the rights that we have as American citizens. 
Right. And the civil liberties, they are, you know, our right to have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition the government. Those are the, actually the five civil liberties. Right. And, you know, ultimately that is the cornerstone of our democracy. That's everything that's not draconian, right? Yeah, right. But I don't see how staying at home for your health, I mean, we don't let people carry guns without permits, right? We have the right to bear arms. That's part of our constitutional, but not without a permit, right? right. So if we're going to have a right to assembly, maybe we need to have a permit and we need to somehow prove that none of the people at the assembly are health risks. Well, but it, it doesn't even like to me that seems impossible because let's say you um you go you, you're perfectly healthy and you don't have any underlying issues and you want to go assemble and you do so because that's your that's your right as an american citizen and you then go to the grocery store and you now have this virus on you or you're a carrier and you go to the grocery store and me, who is taking it very seriously for myself, my husband, and my children, and I need milk too. So I'm going to the grocery store. Suddenly you and your civil liberties have just put me at risk. And that is not my choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really muddy. And I just don't, I, I think if you were just harming yourself potentially it would be different but we don't know if you're carrying it we don't know if you have an antibody to it we just don't know there's a serious serious lack of testing in this country right now and we just all need to stay home because of this i mean i just can't see a way that practicing your civil liberties in this particular way, because there are many other ways that you can exercise your voice to your government. It doesn't have to be just assembly. Right. Right. But let's face it. We're not going to have a vaccine for a long time. Right. If we don't know about antibodies, if we don't have antibody tests and we don't have any way to know whether for certain whether or not people can get it twice this idea of everybody staying home which personally i'm okay with that right per, just as an individual i can work i like kind of being home i'm a little bit of a hermit i don't like that i can't hug my kids but i'm okay with it however i'm increasingly aware of people who cannot not work for right. the next two or three months. They just, they will be ruined. And yes. to be fair, all of those banks who aren't getting mortgage money, they're going to mm -hmm. be ruined. 
all of yeah. those restaurants who aren't having patrons, maybe not all of them, but many of them after two, three, four months, they're going to be ruined. The mom and pop stores, they're going to be ruined. Now we have a whole subclass of of businesses that are no longer contributing to our economy. We have other businesses that are. I mean, there there are other things, and, and a good percentage of people are working. But let's be fair: the UPS driver and the waitress are not working from home. No, they're not. It's essentially the middle and upper class Americans that are working from home. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's something about that doesn't feel good. No, I. I think it brings to light the fact that, you know, people shouldn't have health care or, you know, in my opinion, <laughs> shouldn't have health care that's tied to their job because they lose their job. Now they lost mm-hmm. their health care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what if you get this virus and you're in ICU for 20 days? That's going to ruin you mm-hmm. because, you know, the insurance industry is a mess. Like there's, there's so many unfair things about it. Yeah, but let's just talk about the, forget the big things. Let's just talk about the roof over their head, the car payment that they have, the ability to put gas in their car, just the basic needs. Does the government pay them? I mean, how do people, if we tell people to stay home, how do they get their basic needs met? And what happens in societies when basic needs are not met? Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, we, we've mentioned this before, and I, I really think that this is going to be eye-opening to a lot of people, you know, myself included. I mean, my husband and I are extremely fortunate because our financial situation hasn't changed much. I mean, my business is closed. It could ruin me. I am very fortunate because I did have a lot of business savings that has carried me through thus far and I can go, you know, another six months. But I think a lot of people are going to be changed by like being aware of their safety nets, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I wish that it didn't take a pandemic for people to think that way, Yeah, you know, but maybe that is a hard but good lesson. But Ultimately, I just keep going back to this, like, you know, very harsh reality. And it's that your civil liberties don't mean shit when you're dead. Yeah. I want you to hold that thought while we take a little break, because then I have another pretty compelling question for you. Hey, everyone, it's Leslin. One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience, and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. Okay, so you're 100% right. Civil liberties don't mean shit if you're dead. <laughs> but do they do they mean something to the next generation, right? I mean... Would a tolerable solution be some kind of monitoring like they're talking about? You know, Facebook and Google are trying to create, or Apple, I guess, and Google are trying to create an app that we can opt into that allows us to either identify ourselves as somebody with the virus so that 
at any given point in time, if this app is active, we're notified if we're within like 10 feet of someone who said, hey, I've, I have the virus. Right, right. It's a little it's a little futuristic and seems kind of scary and big brother and, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. If you have the virus and you want to go to the grocery store, are you going to take your phone? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that, it, it doesn't even seem like it's a rational solution to me. No. What I think the next generation needs to learn from this is like, okay, look at how the government did handle this. Look at the fact that, you know, just today, I mean, and again, we're recording this, you know, a little bit before it's going to air, but just today, we just discovered that these loans that were intended for small businesses, huge corporations took millions and millions of dollars. Over 70 publicly traded companies took millions of dollars out of the, the SBA loan money that was intended for small businesses. There are government officials that allowed that to happen by signing it into law, right? Yeah, and and yeah. allowing it to happen. So People need to become aware of their who they're voting for. And, and this might be eye-opening as far as that's concerned. So wait a minute. Are you suggesting that some well-lobbied congressman slipped that in there? I do not know how it happened. I need to do some more research. I read it this morning. It was in the Washington Post. Um, I'll give this example. It well, Shake Shack, which um, I saw that, yeah, yeah. So they are valued at one point six billion dollars. It's billion with a B, and they applied for government assistance and received ten million dollars. Now I own a small business. I applied for that same government assistance, but the money ran out before I got any, so I got nothing. So Shake Shack, realizing that it, you know, it was <laughs> hurting small businesses, actually gave their ten million back. However, too little, too late, man. There are some small businesses that couldn't go weeks, and they've shuttered, and yeah. they didn't get the money, and they're done. Yeah. So that's either a product, right, of well-lobbied people saying, hey, don't look at this too carefully. Or it's what happens when we rush to get yeah. something on paper, right? That people weren't paying attention, that there were just too many people trying to get their two cents worth in and they said something's better than nothing. And yeah. then the little guy, once again, got screwed. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying that it, you know, who knows? It might have been a mixture of both. Certainly the hastiness at which all of this took place didn't help. I mean, right, obviously. Right, right, right. You know, there, there are government, you know, there are people in government that, that have contingency plans, that, that their whole job is to plan for plan B, you know? And the current administration cut some of the programs like that. And so, you know, right or wrong, I don't know. I mean, it's easy to say that it's wrong now because we're, we're, you know, we're worse off probably for not having had them. But, you know, I, I hope that this gets people to wake up and become a more active participant in government because a lot of people who just went along about their day, maybe they voted in presidential elections and that was all they did and, and it didn't really impact them. 
I think now this is eye-opening that government affects you in more ways than you realize. And maybe it doesn't affect you every every day or every year the way you think it does, but it affects you when crazy stuff like this happens and we just don't know when. Yeah. You know, I think I read, um, I want to go back to this idea about tracing because I think it's, you know, everything I read about pandemic control talks about contact tracing. Yeah. And how we need to know if we come in contact with someone who has the virus so that we don't then unknowingly come in contact with 20 other people. Right. right. And I don't remember what country it is. I've just been looking here. They were given, again, with their cell phones, red, green, and yellow lights. I think green meant you were clear, you could have free access to the economy. Yellow meant that you'd been exposed, but you weren't um, symptomatic. And red said that you'd seen a doctor or you'd reported symptoms mm. and you need and you need to be quarantined. So I, you know, I've, I've heard, I, I saw in one country, they're giving people who leave the hospital with, or if you get a positive test, you get an ankle bracelet ah, so oh. that your movement can get monitored. <laughs> you know, how, how many ankle bracelets do you think we have in this country? Um, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> do you think it's enough? Yeah, to do contact. Tra- yeah, come on. That'll be yeah. the next debacle. We don't have enough ankle bracelets to track people. I mean, what do you give up to keep your life? I, a, a friend of mine, and I'll say that we are very old friends, and our philosophies have diverged apparently very greatly over the years, but. Her position is, if you're vulnerable, stay home. Otherwise, mm-hmm. get out there and go do your jobs. Right. You know, there's some there's some validity to that, I think. Sure. And yet, you take a look at all of the people who didn't necessarily fall into the vulnerable category in our country. Half of the people that were hospitalized were under 50. Yeah, half. You know, I'm reading a lot these days about heart problems and brain functions that are diminished because of COVID. This is a nasty freaking thing. And then my brother, the immunologist, the one I talk about all the time, told me last night that the fastest a vaccine has ever been readily available to the public took four years. (laughs) Four years. Now, I did read about that a little bit today, and a lot of that problem or a lot of that time is FDA approval and the the testing, the rigorous testing that vaccines are supposed to go through. I mean, it would be horrific if we don't hold ourselves to some of those standards and then we put out a subpar vaccine and yet is something better than nothing? I think that's another really good question. Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. It makes me think of, um, I am, is it I Am Legend, that Will Smith movie? Mm, mm-hmm. Where they, 
they create a cure for cancer, but then it like basically turns everyone into having rabies. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Probably, probably not a good visual when we're talking this, but, um, no, but that's, I mean, isn't that the same thing that happened with the stimulus money? Like you didn't pay attention, you rush something through and then some kind of crappy misaligned consequence was there. Yeah, it, it absolutely could happen. And I, you know, I think that we're so lucky thus far because we've never had anything you know, like this before where there hasn't been a vaccine or, oh, let's just tweak the flu vaccine this year because we are seeing more of this strain than another strain. You know, we've, we've been so lucky. And again, I just, I just can't help but like think to the future and say, okay, I hope everyone realizes how much we need, you know, research funding for this. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that's going to, save us the next time something like this happens. And I don't think it's going to happen very often. I mean, obviously I've, you know, I'm almost 37 years old and this is the first time anything like this has ever happened in my lifetime. But I, I don't, I just, I don't know. I am going to be very disappointed as a human being, as a citizen, <laughs> as a mom, if this doesn't really change anything in people going forward? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, on a lot of levels, right? <laughs> yeah. On a lot of levels. I want to I be able to say a couple of things. Number one, I registered as an absentee, uh, for an absentee ballot. Yeah. You can go on your, uh, go on the website right now. As soon as we, you stop listening to this, Go to your state voter registration page and register to get an absentee ballot. You know, all this talk about voting by mail and how it leads to all kinds of problems. Well, let me tell you what a bigger problem is. People, <laughs> people not getting out to vote. Yes. And that does not have to be a problem. You go online right now, you register to get absentee ballots and your voice will be heard. And this might force our country to create better systems for online voting, for mailing, you know, mailing your vote in. I mean, this this is going to hopefully again bring to light some other yeah. pitfalls that we have. Yeah, it will change the way we live in some ways. Think about, and we might have talked about this already, but think about what changed after 9-11, right? Yeah. I mean, the TSA was created. We stand in line forever to get into the airport. We go through security checks that are quite personal in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. All because of 9-11. Well, now you're going to have your temperature taken. You're going to have a health questionnaire. You're going to, you know, this will change our lives. If just walking into a nursing home puts those residents at risk, people aren't going to be visiting nursing homes. I mean, honestly, I feel bad for for that population because they have literally been on lockdown. And 
you know, if it isn't bad enough to be stuck in a nursing home, yeah, that could be a whole nother episode. But without a doubt, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, and it, I think once again, it's so much of what we talk about has this common thread running through it, which is it's about perspective. And you can either get your temperature taken and stay inside your house and wear a mask when you go outside and skip going to the movie theater and think about all of your rights that are being quote unquote stripped from you and and live. Or you can think, you know what? There are people who are dying alone in hospitals and I get to make sure that I am doing my part to make that happen as little as possible. Yeah. Someone that I, um, that used to be on a, a media and creative team for my business tonight just posted, she lives in New York city, just posted that yesterday, 400 and some people died in New York city. And one of them was her father. Yeah. And that's just heartbreaking. I mean, I yeah. don't even know the hurt that that well, but it's just, it's heartbreaking. And so I am thankful and I am happy that the worst thing I have to deal with is, you know, fighting for my kids most days. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my daughter went to college in New Rochelle, which is where the New York outbreak originated. And one of her college friends lost both grandparents. And when I remember, or when I, I um, talking to her, maybe she lost her granddad. Her mom, her grandmom was in um, on a vent in ICU, and her mother was at home with the virus. I don't know if her grandmother made it or not, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I get so energized when I'm talking about this thing because it's so challenging. I mean, 2,000 people died today, today yeah. in yeah. this country. And that number has been right around 2,000 for weeks now, or at least 10 days. Is that acceptable? You know, and then somebody said, well, we lost 38,000 people last year to the flu and I didn't hear it. But that was a whole freaking flu season, not seven weeks of social distancing. Well, and also that, that's also terrible. No one is saying well, we didn't give a crap when all these people died of the flu. Uh, yes, that's terrible. And it's a heartbreaking. And Yes, we care. We care when people die in car accidents. We care when people die of the flu. And guess what? We do everything in our power to lower that number. We have speed limits. We make you wear your seatbelt when you're driving in the car. We have flu vaccines that are constantly getting updated. We're constantly trying to you know, do better so that there, those numbers go down. Whoever decided that we didn't care about all these other deaths is just mistaken. Yeah. You know, I was just I was just reminded of something else too. You know, this idea that when a vaccine comes out, can they force us to have one? I don't think so. I don't they 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 don't now. I mean, some states right. do for kids to go to school, but there's waivers. And and look, I again, I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I'm just not one of those people that thinks the government's out to get me. So 
I get my vaccines and and I I don't have a problem with it. I don't think I'm being ignorant or you know whatever. I'm I know what is going on. I just don't believe in the conspiracy aspect of it. So sure, I'm sure people, some people are going to cop out of, you know, or opt out rather of getting it and I guess that's on them. I it but at least by that point there hopefully are better therapeutics and there are you know, vaccines that really cause herd immunity so that, so that it's just less and less and less of a yeah. problem. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we should do a whole episode on conspiracy theories because I have a lot yes. to say about that too. <laughs> Somebody that I used to be related to posted on Facebook that he believes that COVID is a Chinese propaganda tool to instill fear because the Chinese have a lot of their population to sacrifice in order to obtain new world order. Okay. That is interesting. I have not heard that yet. All I can say is thank God that person's not in my life anymore. (laughs) Holy smokes. I can't imagine you being... I in family is that person that way. <laughs> I don't know which one of us changed really, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I have one other thing I want to say. Yeah, um, and I think that this is super important. Every time I hear somebody talking about protesting the stay-at-home orders, I hear a lot of eyes. I this, I that. I have a right. I want this. And the people like you that are saying, hey, we're going to get through this. We'll do it together. We'll work it out. There's a lot of we and us statements. And it reminds me of the psychological distinction between hedonistic pursuits and eudaimonic pursuits. Hedonistic is all about me and my immediate reward. Eudaimonic is about the greater good of mankind. And interesting. To be fair, I'm really proud to be in the latter. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm really proud that I can say that I've aspired to a way of thinking that's not so hedonistic. Right. And, you know, what I know about personality is that hedonistic people are much more juvenile. Right. So we'll leave you with that thought. Yeah. You know, really, really sit back and think about, you know, where do you, how do you want to be perceived? Do you want to be perceived about it's all about me? It's I, I, I all the time. Or do you want to, do you want to be perceived as more of a mature evolved human and thinking about the greater good of humanity. Yeah. I mean, you know, and go register to vote. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) All right. So that's it for today, folks. We really appreciate that you tuned in to listen to us. Of course, as always, we'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, and you can read it, reach out to us on our social media platforms. Um, because of course, 
that's where we will answer back. And next week, uh, we will probably be bringing more pandemic life episodes to you. So make sure that you stay tuned. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin saying, try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.